0: going to be continuing our Storm of Life series with a message called Sudden Darkness. And we're going to begin this morning by talking about a man who was very famous during his time. And he was a man who had a sudden change in his situation, a man who went from hero to zero in the eyes of the people in less than a week. At the beginning of the week, this man was one of the most popular and sought out person in his country. Virtually everyone loved this guy. Everyone wanted to have some time with him. People came from all over to see him and wanted to have a chance to hear him speak and experience his presence. And then he was at the pinnacle of his popularity and fame. Had he pursued political power, he would have won in a landslide. He could have become the leader of his country very easily, maybe even the entire world. However, a lot can happen in a week because five days later, his whole world collapses. The spotlight that had been shining so brightly on him only a few days ago has now shut off and it's cast him into complete darkness. He experiences, this and he goes off by himself away from the crowds to spend some time with God and pray. He takes three of his closest friends to sit with him and be a comfort to him. As he agonized over what he knew the future held for him. The Bible says that he was in such agony that his sweat became bloody and fell to the ground. That can actually happen through extreme high blood pressure and anxiety. That you can, your sweat will just turn to blood and your sweat glands will rupture. And up to this point, this moment in time had been one of the darkest moments ever seen in history. It was when the Son of God did battle against all of hell's power that was coming against him. As a Christian church, we talk a lot about the cross. We talk a lot about what Jesus did for us and dying for our sins on a cross. And all this is well and good. This is this should be one of our main topics of conversation and what represents us as Christians. However, much of the battle that Jesus fought to redeem us to God was fought in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was suddenly cast into total darkness, spiritually speaking. It was so dark that the source of all light and the source of all life said that his soul was troubled to the point of death. Think about that for a moment. Jesus, being God, the creator of all, said basically, I am scared to death. Have you ever been there? I'm not talking just about a momentary fear that may come from watching a scary movie or flipping the light on in the bathroom in the morning and there's a big spider on the sink. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm talking about life delivering you to a place that is so dark, so lonely, and so helpless that your heart actually hurts. That physical pain that comes from emotions so powerful and so strong that it's just overwhelming you. It's a place you're in in life where there's no light, there's no hope, and no comfort that anything can bring you during those times. Today, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about sudden darkness. When life just seems to be going just fine, and suddenly you're in absolute darkness. The lights go out, and it all happens, and all seems to happen within a blink of an eye. So we're going to be looking at several different scriptures this morning. So we're going to start by opening in prayer first. Father God, we're going to be touching some very sensitive areas this morning. We're going to be talking about fear. We're going to be talking about anxiety. And it all wrapped up into this sudden thing called hopelessness. And I ask, Father, that you just be that balm of Gilead right now. That you will not cause us to withdraw from this subject. But you will cause us to listen intently to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Because life being what it is, all of us will find ourselves here someday. Father God, I ask that your word accomplish its purpose this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So part of our, as our, um, part of our Storm of Life series today, we're going to be talking about despair and hopelessness. We're going to be exploring what can happen when our lives, it seems like our lives are suddenly falling off a cliff. Or when somebody or someone figuratively throws us into sudden darkness. We're going to look at what help we can find during those times. And what are the points of truth and life that can help us to see hope again? So, we're going to dig into the Bible this morning and explore God's truth by focusing on three things to remember. And three things to do during those times. And the first thing I want you to remember when the lights go out and all hope seems lost is that Jesus went through something very similar. As we saw in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus went through it himself. In Hebrews 4.15 it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but it was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus went through it himself. And it's one of the things I am so grateful for the Bible telling me is that the Son of God went through this himself. I'm also grateful for God preserving his word through almost 5,000 years of people trying to destroy it. And it's one of the reasons God gave us the Bible is to show the other people who have gone through these kinds of times and why he preserved this truth and it was for us. 1 Corinthians 10:11 says now it was now these things happened to them as an example but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come I love this book because the bible's history is uncompromising when it comes to recording the good the bad and the ugly about the people who have gone before us it records Abraham's lying it records Moses' temper and the murder that came from that. David's passion and the murder that came from that. A man who was at, called a man after God's own heart was an adulterer and a murderer. It talks about Solomon's experimentings with sin. It talks about Peter's impulsiveness and his failure. They're all recorded for us to see and to learn from. Aren't you glad that the Bible is written and not recording your life? That's sometimes what I, what I think about when I read about some of these men. But I'm so grateful for Jesus' transparency here. It's one of the proofs of the Bible's divine inspiration. I mean, if the Bible was written by men, if the Bible was written by any one of these men that we talked about, do you think they would put their biggest mistakes in there? No, we, when we talk about our history, we try to whitewash all of those kind of things. Most people, especially those in leadership, hide their flaws, but it's not just a leadership or a leader that does that. Most of us will try to cover up the embarrassing things we've done. After all, Avon has a business model that's all about covering up imperfections, isn't it? I remember when I was about 15 years old, I went to the wedding of some distant aunt I had never met. It was um, one of my, my father's wives. And I remember the son of the woman getting married showed up late. And he was one of the groomsmen, so the wedding was delayed and delayed until he showed up. And when he showed up, he he wasn't dressed, he wasn't ready, and his neck was covered in hickeys. I remember this so well because everybody was mad at him that he had such disrespect for the entire wedding that not only did he show up dressed, but he showed up obviously just coming from his his girlfriend's arms. And I remember the women surrounding him with cover-up and trying to, to dab away all these Evidences of, of what, he had been, um, what had been going on right before he got there. The Bible doesn't do that though. It doesn't use cover up to hide the embarrassing truths of many of the people that they talk about who went through some stuff. It's very open with their thoughts or feelings and their struggle. And the Bible even records Jesus' struggles. Yes, Jesus struggled, Jesus wrestled with his humanity. The Garden of Gethsemane was God wrestling with his humanity's desire to run away from the darkness and and the plan for his life. The hope that we have is because Jesus has gone through the darkness and prevailed, we can have hope and that we can make it also. In In the 1800s, a missionary was ministering to a tribe in South America And word came to them that another more powerful tribe was coming to kill everybody in the village because they wanted their land. It was much more fertile soil than they had in their land. Unfortunately, because of the terrain, the only way out of that area that wasn't going through that invading army was across a wide river that existed in their area. The missionary said, well, that's not a big deal. We can just swim across the river and get away from these people. But well, what he found out is that the natives thought the river was haunted. So they wouldn't go anywhere near that river. And he kept telling them, he kept pleading with them. He said, there's nothing wrong with the river. Trust me, I've crossed many rivers. There is absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing will happen to you if you cross this river. And they wouldn't believe him and they wouldn't believe him. And they started hearing the war drums and the war cries of the, of the other army getting closer and closer. And finally the missionary got up on the bank and dove in. And he was underwater for a little bit and they figured, well, he was, he was dead. The, the demons had got, gotten him. But then he, he appeared on the surface and he swam all the way across, climbed up on the bank of the other store, shore and shouted across, see, there's nothing wrong. You can come and be safe. The missionaries then believed him and swam across the river and were saved from that invading army. That's why Jesus, and the Bible records Jesus, going through all these different things. That's why the Bible records all of these men, even their good, their bad, they're ugly, of going through all of these struggles so that we can see that the enemy doesn't have anything that can tackle us or anything that can bring us down as long as we follow after Jesus. The second thing that will help us remember when the lights go out is to remember this very important fact. And that is to remember the true enemy. Remember the true enemy. Ephesians 6:11 and 12 says, Put on the full armor of God, that you may be able to take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Most of the time, when darkness comes, it comes because of a person or a people. One of the issues that we should remember about these times when these sudden swift attack comes is that they will immediately expose what is inside of us. A couple years ago, I went through that community paramedic course. It gets a community paramedic gets you closer to actually being kind of like a a mid-level provider, like a physician's assistant. And one of the things we had to learn to do was incision and drainage. Now, don't worry, I won't get graphic here. You'll be safe for lunch. Incision and drainage is used to expose a hidden sickness. It starts out with a lump or a bump or a red spot on your body that is warm, it's hot, it doesn't seem to be healing. And what incision and drainage does is that you numb it up, you take a scalpel, you cut in and get all the stuff out of there and explore what's in there and to get all that out so healing can happen. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, that's like a scalpel to our spirits and our souls that cuts us and exposes what is directly underneath. Sometimes what is immediately underneath the surface is something we thought was hidden. And it's it's slowly killing our spirits. But what we should remember is that what is being exposed is something that the enemy probably put there. And that's why he sends the attacks that he does because he knows right where to cut to get the ugliness to come out. That's why God allows us to go through these valleys sometimes. So all these things can come to the surface so that he can expose it and he can bring healing. And I make this point to say that even when the darkness comes because of people, remember who the enemy is. I can make you a promise here this morning. One of the most liberating truths you can start to believe in in when it comes to how we deal with difficult people that we would actually call our enemies is this. Is that we have to remember who the true villain is. These last couple of weeks, I've gone through some of that family back in Kenosha that is in strong disagreement over one of Christianity's stances. And I've gone through a lot of very, very personal, very vicious attacks against me. I've had people I've cared about very deeply get very personal and and very discouraging in the way that they were speaking to me. And I talked about it with my wife and a couple of close friends and I can't say I was really even offended or really even hurt as much as I was angry at the spiritual forces behind what was going on. And it was a struggle because I really had to take captive my thoughts and make them obedient to Jesus. And I was praying at the on-call house at the, after my ER shift. And I was praying about this whole situation and and suddenly, I don't know if you've ever been in prayer, that, but what you you really want to say kind of bubbles up and, and, and comes out during those times where you you feel like you just need to get it out. And and I remember I started crying out, <laughs> I said, devil, I can't wait to see God's smallest angel grab you and throw you into the lake of fire. I will relish in your screams when the first lick of the fire scorches your putrid soul. That was a little Norwegian Viking there, I know. And I had to repent a little because we're not supposed to speak evil of heavenly beings, but it does point to assigning blame to the right place. During those times, it helps us to remember that we are all fallen people, dealing with other fallen people. And if you can remember the source of that fallen nature, that is the devil... It helps you to really have compassion for those who harm you. It really helps you to have a, a sense of empathy for those who, who would use you or say evil about you because you recognize that it's somebody else behind them pulling a string. It's somebody else behind them that has been cut in a particular way and now all their nastiness is being spilled out upon you. If you remember the source of where it is coming from. It helps you to pray for them. A third thing to keep in mind is this, and that is God is with you. In Psalm 23, 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. It reminded me of, a, of my grandma's devotional chair she had in her house. Every morning she would pull out her Lutheran devotional and read it and spend a couple minutes in prayer. But next to her chair was a wall hanging that had, many, that had words that many of you may recognize. The words of that, of that wall hanging said, One night I dreamed a dream as I was walking along the beach with my Lord. Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. And I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me. And so I asked the Lord about it. I said, Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why, when I needed you the most, you would leave me. God whispered, my precious child, I love you and would never leave you. Never, ever, during your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then I carried you. Yes, amen. The reason the enemy uses darkness to try to hide this truth from us, that's why he uses the darkness. Because God would never, ever, for any reason, abandon his children. The same God who went to the cross for you and me will stand against every evil plan the enemy has in has in store for you and ensure your safe passage into his arms one day during these times of sudden darkness when the enemy is doing everything he can to get our vision off of god remember these words in psalm 139 psalm 139 7 says where can i go from your spirit where can i flee from your presence What these scriptures tell us is to remember that our God is not an absentee father. He loves you with an intense love that no scheme of hell could ever extinguish. It also tells us to remember that Jesus went through the same trials as we did, and he had this in mind, that God's spirit would never truly abandon him. It helped him to remember who his real enemy was, and helps us to remember who our enemy is. It helps us to remember that God will always be with us. And if we can get this down into our spirits, it will carve our faith in granite that will withstand the harshest storm and the harshest attack that the enemy can ever throw our way. As we remember these things, let's look at three things that we can do. The first thing that we can do is to remember that the fight is God's and that we fight his way. You remember the story of David and Goliath. David's a little shepherd boy, a smidge over about five feet tall, most theologians believe. He was a short, small little kid, standing in what was, at his time, a Navy SEAL, a Green Beret, and a Delta Force operator standing right before him that was literally twice his size. It was said Goliath was at least eight or nine feet tall. He was a big huge man and he is standing before him with no weapons other than a sling and David was able to stand there because he believed in this truth and he said it before the entire nation as he stood there David said all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands Can I share a truth that isn't talked about much in the modern American church? You know, there's a lot of angst and a lot of anxiety if you, if you watch the news or you listen to the radio or anything. There's a lot of anxiety of what seems to be the decreasing influence and power of the church and our nation and the world. But I can tell you some good news. I've read the last couple pages of this book. God wins. God wins. And therefore, we win. Not only do we win, but there's coming a day when we will never, ever, ever know or experience evil again. God wins because the battle belongs to Him. And remember that and pray in faith when the darkness comes. The battle is the Lord's. The second thing that we should do is choose the right battlefield. If you're going through a fight, make sure you fight on the right battlefield. Throughout history, this has been what has determined the fate of nations is that they fight on the right battlefield. There was a Chinese man named Sun Tzu. He wrote a book called The Art of War. If you've ever been in the military and you've ever gone into any leadership position in the military, this is one of the required books they ask you to read. It's all about military warfare, and most of what Sun Tzu talks about is preparing the area that you are going to fight in so it is most advantageous toward you and your objectives. And the same holds true in the spiritual. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, he said, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. For the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. The trick and scheme of the enemy is that he wants you to fight on his battlefield according to his terms. Why does he want you to do that? Because he wins. If you try to fight in, in earthly and fallen human ways, that means you will get earthly and fallen human results. I had a co-worker once who, who came to me about a rumor that was started about her that she was sleeping with her partner on the ambulance. It wasn't true at all. We all knew it wasn't true, but we had one of those people that worked for us that just like to stir the pot a lot and make up stuff about people. So I told her, just don't. I said, just ignore it. It'll go away. It's not true, and things that aren't true don't last very long. Just ignore it. Well, she decided to attack in her own way, and she made up a story about her having an affair with her partner. And so she went on social media, and she told everybody else about this imagined affair that she was having on her partner. Well, it turned out that through all of this kind of things, it came out that her husband had had an affair on her and it ended up destroying her marriage. She used an earthly tactic to try to deal with a problem and she got earthly results. She chose the wrong battlefield. That's why God calls us to a higher form of battle and calls us to fight on his battlefield and in his way. And his way is pretty easy. Let him do the fighting. Just stand and see the salvation of your God. And that leads us to the third thing we can do when the sudden darkness comes, and that is to choose the right tactics. We covered the battlefield. We covered the the necessity of allowing God to fight. So let's finish this morning by learning about his tactics for us. You have heard that it was said, this is Matthew 5:43. You have heard that it was said, love your enemy or love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. You know, a few moments ago, I mentioned about very personal attacks against me. And I chose to take a step back and not react in anger toward that person. But I just simply said, I disagree. You know what the truth is. I love you and just disengaged and stepped away from the fight. and Let them continue with their vitriol with me not there. And I chose instead to pray for that person. As I know what, and more importantly, who is behind that attack. The funny thing about using God's tactics and the thing that will liberate you from hate is you can't stay angry for a person you're praying for. Hatred does not come in it at all. I mean, you might start off a little bit of the Old Testament style, like, God, bash their teeth. God, silence them. God, strike them down. You may start out like this, but if you allow the the Spirit of God to really penetrate you, tears for them will start. And anguish for their soul will begin to fill your heart. And you will begin to cry out for God's mercy to be upon them. You'll begin to cry out for the Spirit of God to bring conviction to their hearts. You'll begin to to fight on God's battlefield in God's way and allow God to do the work in their spirits. And you'll actually learn to love your enemy. And you might think that all that may be impossible. And that that is too difficult for you, but I wanted to remind you of one thing before we dismiss this morning. And that is, even when you were an enemy of God, He loved you. Even now, when we rebel against Him in sin or don't do what He's asking us to do, He doesn't love you any less. Even when you act opposite of what you profess, and drag his holy name through the mud, he never, ever stops loving you. And that is going to be what will be the light in your darkness, is that love that he has for you. Amen?